Chalbaso Batobolan Ard, and thank you for joining me once again as I plod ever onwards through the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Today that journey is brought to you by the letter Kresh, and Kresh is for Coruscant. Now Coruscant has played a part in so much of galactic history that to be honest, sitting down to research this episode was somewhat daunting, intimidating even. Its history is, to some degree at least, the history of the civilised galaxy, from its rise as the capital of the Galactic Republic to its eventual fall and the passing of that torch after the Yuzhang Vong terraformed it. Now this is a subject that I will only be able to cover the barest amount of without boring you all to tears, so I hope you'll all go and check out some of the books that filled out the planet's history. On that note, would links to additional resources be helpful? The names of particular source materials and that sort of thing? Let me know and I'll see what I can do for future episodes. So here we go. I'm Rooney. This is Oric to Zerek, and this is Coruscant. Now, Coruscant was located in the Core Worlds, hyperspace coordinates 0.0.0, at the intersection of several major hyperlanes, which are the routes used to travel through hyperspace in relative safety, including the Coros Trunk Line, the Corellian Run, and the Polemian Trade Route. Now, this effectively made it the centre of the known galaxy even though the actual galactic centre was some distance away in the deep core, and one of the most important and wealthy planets in galactic history. It's been home to the central government of several galactic governments, usually in the Senate District, uh, the Jedi Order, the Black Sun Crime Syndicate, Sith Lords and Alien Invasions, to name but a few. It's had many names over the centuries, depending on who held the capital world at the time names which often blurred the lines between the planet and the city that grew to cover it. It was Notron in the pre-Republic era, Coruscant, Republic Center, Queen of the Core, City of Spires, and Yuzantar. Now both its critical location and the prestige associated with controlling the planet have seen it change hands many times, some of which I'll go into later in this episode. But here's the hit list. The Battalions of Zell, the Rakatan Infinite Empire, the Galactic Republic, the Galactic Empire, the New Republic, the Yuzhang Vong Empire, Galactic Alliance, the Fell Empire, Darth Krait's Galactic Empire, and the Galactic Federation Triumvirate. That's a list you wouldn't want to say half cut. Now, the surface of Coruscant was covered by a planet-wide ecumenopolis that was up to 5,127 layers deep and its buildings dwarfed all the natural features of the world. Indeed, Coruscant was acknowledged to have the tallest skyscrapers in the galaxy by the time of the Galactic Republic, and it had a population of one trillion official citizens at the end of the Clone Wars in 19 BBY. Though the census that recorded that number excluded temporary workers, transients, unregistered citizens, and the inhabitants of the orbital stations, so it's generally accepted that the real figure was about three times that. Um, originally, Coruscant had been largely covered with oceans, but they had been drained into vast subterranean caverns to make way for the ever-growing cityscape. Indeed, the only ocean left on the surface was the artificial Western Sea, which was dotted with artificial islands and was a popular destination for tourists. One of the few natural features of Coruscant left largely untouched were the Manarai Mountains, which rose through the surface of the cityscape to the east of the Western Sea, and were host to a selection of floating restaurants which gave diners unique views of the preserved mountain woodlands. 
Luke Skywalker also built a private retreat there some years prior to the mountain's destruction during the Yuzhangfong invasion. The cityscape was divided into megablocks, blocks and subblocks. The planet itself was divided into quadrants, which themselves were split into sectors, which were numbered with an alphanumerical code officially, but often developed their own nicknames, such as the Works, which was the largest of Coruscant's industrial zones. Now, the skyscrapers and surface buildings, being those that could actually see the sky, were almost exclusively the domain of the wealthy and powerful. The Senate and the Jedi Temple sat on the surface, but that surface was comprised of thousands of floors of buildings below them, reaching down to the planet's bedrock. Coruscant's undercity was vast and saw no natural light. As a general rule, the further down you went, the more unpleasant and more dangerous the place would be. The lowest levels were rumoured to be populated by devolved humanoids and vermin that stalked the subterranean twilight. These areas below the surface remained largely unchanged by changes of government up above, and even the invasion by the planet-shaping Yuzhang Vong did little to disturb the lowest levels beyond introducing new residents, such as those Coruscanti who couldn't get off-world but survived the initial attacks, alien outcast shamed ones, and some of the hardier wildlife that the Vong brought with them. Now, the weather on Coruscant was largely artificially controlled, and sunlight was reflected around the planet by a series of orbital mirrors. These were largely used to direct heat and light from Coruscant's relatively weak sun to the two poles of the planet to increase the temperatures there and make as much of the landmass suitable for habitation as possible. Now, although several of these mirrors were destroyed during the Clone Wars, all of the orbital mirrors were destroyed during the Yuzhang Vong's assault. Some were even knocked out of orbit and dropped onto the buildings below. So let's wind it back to the early history and see Coruscant's rise to becoming the capital of the universe. Uh, two species originally inhabited the planet that would become Coruscant, which at the time was called Notron. Sometime around 200,000 BBY. These were the grey-skinned Tong. Now, anyone that's listened to the previous episode will know them as the original Mandalorians. And humanity's ancestors, the Zell. The two species have been locked in a war for survival for centuries, but a disastrous volcanic eruption at the Zell's capital shattered their defences, leaving the legions of Zell open to reprisal. The Tong took the resulting two years of darkness, which was caused by the volcanic ash clouds, as an omen from their gods, and assumed the name Dawerda Verda, or Warriors of the Shadow. However, their victory was not permanent, and the Zell eventually drove the Tong off the planet. The leaders of the 13 Zell nations at that time are believed to be buried in a large subterranean structure at the South Pole, known as the Ice Crypts. Sometime after uh, 100,000 BBY, and after the inhabitants had renamed the planet Coruscant, the Gri made contact with these early humans and aided them in building the infrastructure for their increasingly urbanised home. Around approximately 90,000 BBY, the urbanisation of the planet was total, and the population began to develop upwards, building atop the older buildings in a never-ending high-rise expansion. Also around this time, the soaring population led to the construction of atmospheric scrubbers to keep the air breathable, and large cannons to launch canisters of rubbish up into orbit where they were towed out system by garbage scowls. Now around 30,000 BBY, 
the Rakatan Infinite Empire reached Coruscant and annexed it, taking a portion of the population as slaves and putting them to work across the empire. The remaining humans studied and learned from their Rakata overlords and developed sleeper ships which they launched in secret, seeding colonies on dozens of worlds by 27,000 BBY. Planets such as Alderaan, Kuat, Corellia and Alsakan. These worlds were largely isolated and alone which kept them out of sight of the Infinite Empire. By 25200 BBY the Infinite Empire was in its death throes and eventually collapsed due to infighting and a plague which swept through the Rakata. And in the wake of its collapse, the humans of Coruscant reclaimed their planet and began establishing contact with worlds settled by their sleeper ships, as well as other core worlds who now found themselves free of the Infinite Empire's rule. In 25053 BBY, the Galactic Constitution was written on Alderaan by House Organa and signed on Coruscant. This established the Galactic Republic and Coruscant as its capital. So we'll now look at uh, Coruscant as the capital of the Republic. At around 25,000 BBY, Corellian scientists finally succeeded in unlocking the secrets of hyperdrives by reverse engineering left behind Rakatan technology, replacing the hyperspace cannons, which are exactly what they sound like cannons that literally fired ships into hyperspace and finally allowing fast travel between the unified worlds of the Republic. Coruscant found itself at the hub of the newly mapped hyperlanes of the Spin, a roughly circular route that surrounded the deep core, and the Polemian trade route which linked the core with the Teon cluster where humanity had established itself after being seeded by one of the ancient sleeper ships. It was also around this time that the Republic came into contact with the distant world of Ossus and there, the Jedi Order. Shortly afterwards, the Jedi officially became the government's protectors and established a presence on Coruscant. Several conflicts followed over the intervening centuries, which reached Coruscant. The First Great Schism, which saw the Jedi Order and their fallen counterparts, the Dark Jedi, clash, the Tianese War, and the Alsakan Conflicts, which were a series of 17 wars between the Republic and Alsaka and its allies as Alsaka tried to assert its dominance and claim Coruscant's place as the capital of the Republic. In 15500 BBY, Coruscant was attacked by Star Dragons, or Dwinaguine, after Republic scouts encountered them in the Outer Rim and attacked. The dragons followed the scouts back to Coruscant and were poised to attack the planet in retribution until the Supreme Chancellor at the time refused to mobilize forces against them and instead managed to communicate. The star dragons were sentient and a treaty was negotiated. Some years later, the Supreme Chancellor and the Dwinaguin philosopher Bors Matol founded the planet's first university, the aptly named University of Coruscant. Now there's a lot of history to cover here, so I'm just going to skip forward a bit <laughs> to 5000 BBY and the Great Hyperspace War, which saw the Republic, aided by the Jedi, fighting against the Sith Empire. After the battles of the Great Schisms, the exiled Dark Jedi had settled with the red-skinned Sith and merged with them through the use of the powerful Sith alchemy. They formed a powerful militaristic empire of their own outside the borders of the Republic. Records of the Sith had been lost in centuries of upheaval and war, and the same was true for the Sith Empire. Both galactic powers remained ignorant of one another for centuries. It was only a chance discovery of the world of Korriban, and the Sith's subsequent interrogation of the luckless two explorers, 
that changed this state of affairs. Eventually, the Sith launched an invasion of the Republic, which reached Coruscant, when Sith forces landed in the Legislative District, where they clashed with Jedi defenders and Republic forces. Eventually, due to a long and complicated series of events that I'll not go into here, the Sith were repelled, and due to infighting, the Republic fleet carried out a counter-invasion and caught the Sith fleet at war with itself, which resulted in the almost total destruction of the Sith Armada. The Republic then undertook a thorough military expedition to root out and destroy any remaining Sith strongholds. However, some Sith escaped, and led by Lord Vitiate, who, after a dark ritual and a mass sacrifice of other Sith Lords, had become the Sith Emperor, they retreated on a 20-year journey into the unknown regions to the Sith colony world of Droman Kass, where he rebuilt the Sith Empire and waited until the Republic had grown complacent and weak before launching another invasion, starting the Great Galactic War in 3681 BBY. Now, For 28 years, the Great War raged across the galaxy as roughly half of it fell into Sith hands after their surprise attack. But worse yet lay in store for Coruscant, as the Sith Empire sent a peace delegation to Alderaan to discuss terms of a peace treaty, which was something the Republic desperately needed, as there was no way for them to win the war at that point. But even as they discussed the treaty, a large Sith fleet unexpectedly invaded Coruscant, attacking the Jedi Temple and killing all those within, invading the Senate and executing Supreme Chancellor Barukan, and destroying the planet's defensive capabilities. With the heart of the Republic in Sith hands, they had no choice but to accept the Sith's terms. That all military and Jedi forces stand down and return to Republic space. That the Republic legitimately recognise the Sith Empire as the ruler of those planets it currently held. And that the Republic cede a list of worlds not currently held by the Sith. In the real world, this is the state of play in the Star Wars The Old Republic MMORPG. As such, Though we know that the war ended around 3600 BBY, we don't know how it ended because the game hasn't got that far and probably never will. We do know that the Jedi returned and rebuilt their temple, though. Now, the new Sith Wars began around 2000 BBY, which saw the Republic facing off against the Sith in a series of brutal and grueling conflicts over the course of a thousand years, and began what many now see as the decline of the Republic. Indeed, the last century of this war is commonly referred to as the Dark Age of the Republic. This was a dark time for the galaxy as the Republic could no longer maintain communications with its members outside the core worlds, retreating both militarily and bureaucratically from the thousands of worlds, leaving Jedi to defend planets or whole systems themselves, sometimes even assuming rulership themselves as the Republic withdrew in on its core. This dark time came to an end after the climactic battle of Rusan, which saw the destruction of the final Sith forces in the culmination of the new Sith Wars, the Light and Darkness War, and the following Rusan reformations, which saw the Republic and its Jedi protectors redistribute power from the Supreme Chancellors, who had gained increasing power over the centuries, and returning it to the Senate. Several centuries of peace followed as the Republic reconnected with worlds previously abandoned and aggregated power around Coruscant and the core worlds at its heart. Increasing corruption of the bureaucracy and a seeming apathy towards any world from the mid-room outwards led to the Separatist Crisis in 24 BBY, which was actually a devious plan by the Sith Lord Darth Sidious, 
and the period known as the Twilight of the Republic, or more commonly, the Clone Wars. Large areas of the cityscape were leveled to construct military staging areas which displaced tens of thousands of Coruscant's poorest residents or those of species and homeworlds now sworn to the Separatist cause. Clones began patrolling the upper level streets alongside security patrols and droids. At the conclusion of the Clone Wars, after issuing the infamous Order 66, the Supreme Chancellor Palpatine announced the formation of the First Galactic Empire with himself as Emperor and Republic Center was no more. So we now look at the history of Coruscant as Imperial Center. Under the Galactic Empire, Coruscant continued to function as capital, but as part of Palpatine's efforts to quash any reminders of the Republic, it was renamed Imperial Center, though most people outside of Imperial service continued to refer to it as Coruscant. As part of the Empire's humanocentric policies, non-humans were compelled to live in segregated areas of Imperial City, sometimes referred to as Alien Protection Zones, a farcical name chosen to back the premise that non-humans were being moved there to protect them from genuine prejudice of the planet's human residents. The most well-known of these zones was Invisec, or the Invisible Sector. Rogue Squadron arrived there in 6 ABY during the prelude to the Battle of Coruscant. During the Empire's time, Palpatine ordered the Executor-class Star Dreadnought, or Super Star Destroyer, Lusankia, to be built beneath the Manarai mountain range. He also had the Palace of the Republic rebuilt as his Imperial Palace, a huge pyramid structure thought to be the largest structure on Coruscant, and possibly the galaxy. A smaller, castle-like residence was constructed nearby for his apprentice, Lord Vader. Now, following the death of Emperor Palpatine in the destruction of the second Death Star at the pivotal Battle of Endor, an uprising took place on Coruscant. Billions of people celebrated in the streets, attacking Imperial controls and toppling Imperial statues and symbols as armed dissidents rose up in open rebellion against Imperial authority. Alarmed, the authorities ordered a massive crackdown and deployed military forces across the planet. The death toll rose as Imperial forces retook the streets and quashed rebellious elements. In the months after Palpatine's death, Coruscant remained securely under Imperial control as the Empire itself began to fragment, with moths and admirals all looking to carve their own little fiefdoms out of the collapsing Empire. In 5 ABY, Yazan Eithard, Director of Imperial Intelligence and one of Palpatine's inner circle, assumed control of Imperial Center and what remained of the Empire and had a team of scientists create an artificial virus called the Krytos Plague in preparation for a looming threat. The arrival of the burgeoning New Republic at Coruscant and the possibility they may succeed in ousting her and the Empire from the planet. In 6 ABY, Wedge Antilles led Rogue Squadron in an undercover operation to disrupt the planet's powerful shield generators to allow the New Republic fleet to attack Coruscant. They succeeded by using one of the planet's orbital mirrors to evaporate an entire reservoir, which created a huge electrical storm that brought down the shields. The following Battle of Coruscant, also called the Liberation of Coruscant, or the Seizure of Coruscant, depending on which side you're talking to, saw the culmination of the New Republic's march on Coruscant after capturing key strategic worlds around the planet, such as Borlaeus. They recognized that Coruscant was more than just the economic and bureaucratic center, it was a symbol as well, and they needed to take it in order to assert the legitimacy they needed to establish themselves as the new galactic government. 
After taking down the planetary shield, a small force was landed near the North Pole to capture key command centers and disable sensor nodes, which allowed the Republic to land larger ground forces. After brutal street-by-street -street fighting, Imperial City was taken and the palace assaulted. However, even when the palace was taken and victory declared, Izan Isard was nowhere to be found. Unknown to the New Republic, she had fled to the hidden Lusankia, buried beneath the cityscape. Days later, the Krytos Plague was unleashed, specifically designed to afflict only non-humans and killing them in a long, agonizing way. Seriously, look it up, it's nasty. As the New Republic scrambled to find a cure, Isard blasted her way free of Coruscant in the Lusankia, devastating over a hundred square miles of the cityscape and damaging one of the planet's Golan 3 defense stations on its way out of the system. We'll now look at uh, the history of Coruscant under the guise of the heart of the New Republic. Under the New Republic, Imperial City was once again renamed to Galactic City, and in the early years, under its new rulers, it was surrounded by a Hapen battle fleet that were there to open diplomatic ties with the Republic, was besieged by the fleet of Grand Admiral Thrawn in 9 ABY during what came to be known as the Thrawn Crisis, an event which almost brought the fledgling New Republic to its knees as they faced the tactical genius of the Grand Admiral returned from the unknown regions. Now he used cloaked asteroids placed in low orbit around the planet to create an invisible deadly hazard, preventing the New Republic from lowering the planetary shield in case an asteroid fell on the cityscape and preventing them from allowing ships in or out lest they hit one of the hidden asteroids. Shortly after, in 10 ABY, the planet was retaken by a resurgent empire, inspired by Thrawn's successes. Mon Mothma, who was head of state at the time, realized the planet could not be held and ordered an evacuation, thus allowing the empire to recapture the capital. It was a short-lived victory, however, as the reborn emperor was slain for a final time in 11 ABY, and the reforged empire shattered into its constituent parts of petty warlords and squabbling moths. After returning to the planet, the New Republic began a large-scale renovation of the planet, using the huge EVS urban renewal droids to clear away the rubble and damage from the planet's recent battles and construct gleaming new spires in their place. This was coupled with a rebuilding of the planet's infrastructure and a concentrated effort by both military and civil forces to clear the accumulated orbital debris produced by the recent sieges and battles fought in orbit. Within a year, Galactic City was once again a buzzing administrative and business centre. Now in 17 ABY, two members of the Shadow Academy planted concealed bombs in the Grand Conversation Chamber of the Senate Building, causing massive damage and forcing a near-complete renovation of the Grand Old Building. The planet was also the site of an historic event. The gardens of the renovated Jedi Temple saw the marriage of Jedi Master Luke Skywalker to Jedi Knight Mara Jade. And now we come to another dark period in Coruscant's history, the fall of Coruscant. Coruscant weathered ups and downs of the following years well, remaining largely untouched, at least directly, by the changes in the galaxy. It seemed the planet was in for another age of peace until the arrival of the Yuzhang Vong in 25 ABY. The Vong were invaders from another galaxy who are going to get their own episode, um, and they were intent on conquering, enslaving or killing all the races of this galaxy for reasons too convoluted to get into here. 
the Vong burned across the galaxy as the ill-prepared New Republic failed to hold them back. Crippled by ineffective leadership and self-serving power grabs within the New Republic government, the Vong targeted the core, and Coruscant in particular, realizing that the loss of their capital would be a huge psychological blow to the defenders. The Vong War Master La undertook a distraction campaign to convince the New Republic he was preparing an attack from the Galactic South, but he launched his actual attack in 27 ABY from the Galactic North taking Bill Bringy, Borlaus, and the Reese system in a pincer movement. The Vong used captured refugee ships as battering rams against the planetary shield, forcing the defenders to watch as thousands upon thousands of innocents were slaughtered against the planet's defenses. Eventually, the shield collapsed, and Coruscant's darkest hour was come at last. The Vong launched a massive invasion of the planet, landing legions of troops. The head of state at the time, Borsk Felia, opted to remain on the planet, having linked a proton bomb to his life signs. When the War Master's aide attempted to force him to surrender and he refused, his death triggered the detonation, which destroyed an entire wing of the Imperial Palace, several surrounding buildings, the nearby data towers, and around 25,000 of the invading Vong. The battle for Coruscant lasted days, with heavy casualties on both sides as the fanatical Vong clashed with the now trapped and desperate defenders. Estimates of civilian casualties during the invasion put numbers around 100 billion sentients killed or enslaved. The Vong released a specially bred green algae, actually a biotoxin, into the planet to consume the buildings, bodies and technology left in the wake of the invasion. They began a massive terraforming project, more aptly referred to as Vongforming, to make the planet more suitable for them, and renamed it Yuzhantar, in honour of their own long-lost homeworld. The planet languished under Vong rule until the end of the war in 29 ABY, its very atmosphere being changed by the ecological changes wrought by the Vong. New species were introduced to the planet and established themselves as part of the planet's ecological cycle. Several key landmarks were destroyed or altered by the invaders. The Manarai Mountains were blasted out of existence by Vong orbital attacks. The Western Sea, the planet's last large body of water, was converted into a huge succession pool used to feed the Damutex which formed the linchpin of any Vong base. And the Senate building became the seat of the alien's world brain. They even used gravity controlling Dovin basils to drag three of Coruscant's four moons into new orbits and destroy the fourth to create the Rainbow Bridge, a belt of asteroids and dust orbiting the planet at an angle of 70 degrees from the ecliptic. Even after the planet was liberated and became the capital of the Galactic Federation of Free Alliances, also known as the Galactic Alliance, which was the governing body that replaced the shattered New Republic, there were sections of the planet which remained Vong-formed as it was simply not practical to undo what was done without causing massive damage to the planet itself. One such area was the former Senate building and the world brain which now inhabited it. New buildings were obviously needed as they had been destroyed in the fall. The new Jedi Temple is a prime example, and a large park named Unity Green was created to symbolise the peace treaty between the Yuzhang Vong and the Galactic Alliance. In conclusion, the history of Coruscant stretches on for some years yet, with the Fel Galactic Empire, a new Sith Empire, and various other changes of ruling powers as well. 
but this takes us as far as I've made it through the expanded universe, and I'm conscious that this is a long episode already, so we'll leave it for another time. Throughout its history, Coruscant has been a focal point for important events, meaning there's a lot to discover, and it has featured in so much of the expanded universe in one way or another that I'd probably need a whole other episode just to list all the references. But I've picked out some of the highlights and personal favourites, and hopefully whetted your appetites. So now I will heartily recommend you going and getting stuck into some of the books and discovering more of the long and storied history of the galaxy's most important planet. So until next time, may the Force be with you.